Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. My name is Alex, and today we're chatting with Jeff Davison. Let's get right into it. I'm Ernie Sue. I'm the president of the Alberta Hospitality Association, and this is Alex Petucci, uh, owner of Work Nicers around town. Ernie. I always get it wrong. I told you, you don't have to say the name if you're going to get it wrong. So it's always, yeah. yeah. Work nicers? Work nicers? Always work nicer. That too. Yeah, work nicers. Work nicer. Sorry. It's trying to say there's multiple locations around the city and in the province. Correct. It's the plural that gets everybody. Jeff, are you (laughs) you, familiar with work nicer? Alex, do you want to let them know what work nicer is all about? Yeah. uh, Work nicer, we're coming up to almost our sixth birthday. Uh, It's the number one co-working community in Alberta. Uh, We're about 900 members strong. And this is a place where people go to not just work. Uh, but really it's to find that community of people because uh, being a small business or an entrepreneur or even a remote worker for a huge company is pretty freaking lonely sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this is a place to just get out of the house, get out of the coffee shop and really be around people because we truly believe that no one succeeds alone. Yeah, well, amazing community spaces, really creative feel to it. It's it's, uh, it's awesome what, what they have, which ties into... Um, having you here and thanks for taking the time Jeff this is this is awesome uh, we're in the last stretch the last six days hey how's, yeah, how's six the campaign days. been going it's excellent you know I think we're really building momentum I think Calgarians are looking for somebody not just to think about hope but somebody who's got a vision and and how are we gonna move our city forward yeah and, and when it comes to the vision you know I, I think Alex and I are getting hit every day like mm-hmm. literally uh, myself in Calgary I probably get hit at least 12 to 15 times I've even I've even been keeping track of Ernie which way are you going on the vote where should we go as as restaurants or small businesses mm-hmm. um, you know I you talk about your vision but what's the plan what would the plan be especially for you know if we talk about hospitality first and then the young entrepreneur second what, mm-hmm. what would be your plan moving forward because it's one thing to have the vision but what's the actual plan and that's what's coming up a lot especially from from my industry. Well, I think, you know, you have to think about how mobile capital and talent are these days, right? We really have to think about the environment we want to create locally where people want to choose Calgary as a place to invest and a place to live, right? So first and foremost, we that's where you have to be. Second of all, we have to set the regulatory environment for business to succeed, right? Our job at the city is to enable people and enable their success, not to become roadblocks. And so Part of what I've done over the last couple of years is think about how do we utilize things like the Business Advisory Committee to remove hurdles, remove policy, remove red tape. And we've been more successful in doing that over the last two years than, than I think has been done in decades before. Those are good moves that we've got to make, but we've got to continue to think about how are we going to be more competitive in, in a post-COVID world. And so thinking about how do we drop the non-residential tax rates is going to be incredibly important to small business. And when we think about small business in particular in our city, uh, small business is the largest employer we have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's the largest employer and it's the number one employer coming mm-hmm. out of coming out of COVID. Yep. Uh, hospitality is number three across the province, number one hiring coming out of COVID just on in sheer volume. And you talk, you, you hit where I wanna go right now for my industry is the commercial property tax. <clears throat> so, you know, we look at, the city of Calgary, which I'm born and raised in and love dearly, mm-hmm. um, the city of Calgary has now had a provincial NDP government and a provincial UCP government, both governments in which have come forward and asked, told the city of Calgary Council that you have to get a hold of your spending. Mm-hmm. Okay? And uh, before you even approach the governments on reforming the commercial property tax. 
So for all the small businesses out there, what, what would be your plan on the commercial property tax? Because we're coming out of the freeze and we know it's going to be coming soon. Well, again, you know, the goal is to drop that commercial property tax rate, right? And think about competition, right? Right now, if you think about the, the non-res to the residential side, we're sitting at about 3.03 to 1. Edmonton, for instance, is sitting at 2.74 to 1, right? So a lot of businesses are saying, well, it's more competitive for me to go there. And, and we have to recognize that, you know, everything in our world right now is extremely mobile. And again, if you don't give people a reason to want to invest in Calgary, they're just going to go find other places that are easier to do business at a lower cost. And so we need to think about how over the long term we become much more competitive in that space. Mm, that, that, that's, that's what our industry needs to hear right mm-hmm. now. But um, when we come out of this, you know, once the new council is put forward, um, how are you going to drop the commercial property tax when uh, right now, I mean, it's been frozen for almost two years now, has it not? Almost two years? Uh, yeah, something, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah almost yeah. two years now. So we know that that commercial property tax can come back onto the businesses. How are you going to try to keep it below or, or drop it? Is, is, well, is, now we have to, now we get into the contentious part is right. Are residents going to be expecting a raise in their, in the residential tax? No, we're committed to freezing uh, residential property tax rates. The goal though, is to set an environment where we accelerate, you know, opportunity and growth. And so think about an environment where more businesses come in those businesses become taxpayers, right? So it's it's encouraging new investment here. It's encouraging scale up of an investment here. I mean, if we talk about unemployment across the city a lot, mm-hmm. right? If you think about, if every small business in our city had the ability to hire one more person, mm-hmm. you would actually solve unemployment, that's first that, of all. That's what Alex and I were talking about yesterday. I love that you say that. Yeah. It's not to cut you off, but it's just like we, there's, there's so much focus on retention. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, what yeah. if we just take the businesses that are here add one job, what could that possibly do? Well, exactly. But I think, you know, the the solution to the tax thing, though, is that you have to create new opportunities as well. And so if you think about, you know, let's take the event center, for instance, right? Somebody, people will always say to me, why are we investing in a hockey rink, right? We're we're not. Like, it's not about the facility. The facility is going to unlock the district. That district that will encourage $3 billion worth of private sector development, that's the goal. Right, mm-hmm. that's the tax base we want to create. If we think about transit-oriented development, uh, you know, a policy that has relatively failed across the city over the past, you know, twenty years, type of thing. Um, y- you have to think about Green Line, right? If we're going to build Green Line, how do we advance high-density opportunities along the Green Line in advance of the tracks actually going in place, so that fifteen years from now we're not having a contentious conversation about a new high-density project? Those things are just two good examples of how you expand your tax base, not your tax rate. Mm-hmm. But you also have to couple all of these things around the fact that, okay, now we've got more jobs being set up. We've got more people paying taxes. We've got more businesses come in. We've got more revenue opportunities. How do those all work together now to solve the overall tax problem? And spending is the next piece of that. You have to think about where do the efficiencies lie? And so council over the past couple of years has found $90 million worth of operating savings, right? Remember your taxes pay for the operational portion of the city's budget. Uh, and we're going to continue to do more. And, and just even recently, uh, I amalgamated two parking divisions into one, mm-hmm. right? Last December came up with a plan to figure out how do we do pathways and winter, winter roads so differently. When you say that you amalgamated it, how did you, was it a motion that got put through and yeah, passed? You, that's yeah. right. You bring ideas to the table. Mm-hmm. You get your colleagues to say yes and say, look, I think there's a better way to spend less money, still provide a better service. And, and that's a good thing for everyone, right? Like just because we've always done things the way we do it doesn't mean we should keep doing that 
and it doesn't mean they're the best ways to even do these things, right? So is there a lot of that quote-unquote low-lying fruit, like low-hanging fruit, that kind of stuff, which seems like a pretty easy win? Because some of the stuff that you're talking about here, transit-oriented development and the event center, obviously that is something which is going to take a while Mm. until we can see that, you know, people are worried about the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months because it's like, you know, I... People have already, if they haven't already closed their business, they feel like they are just months away from doing so. So is, are those two things tied together? Is there a way to, are there more uh, parking divisions that you can amalgamate? And why is it so hard for council to traditionally do that? I think you always have to find efficiencies. I think efficiency should be something, you know, every employee thinks about at the city of Calgary every single day. Remember the city is, I think the largest employer in our city right now, right? We've got Mm -hmm. roughly 16,000 plus employees. If you put it into the mindset of let's create efficiencies each and every day, just remember they're all taxpayers too. They care where their money goes just like we do. And so how do you encourage that? How do you enable that culture of, of making better decisions faster? Right. Um, but it's all got to come together. Right. Like you can't solve everything with just one thing. You know, the tax drop uh, on the on the commercial side and and freezing residents that will fix the short term. Mm -hmm. You have to think about long term revenue opportunities. And that's where things like, you know, transit oriented development, the event center, the BMO expansion, a a train line from the airport to downtown to Mm -hmm. Banff. All of these things work to drive revenue and growth. So if we talk about the if we talk about the event center, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you were you the pot, like you were the spearhead for the event center? Am yeah. I correct? Am, am yep. I'm correct. Yeah, on absolutely. That, right? that was my project. So yeah. for me, and like being a born and raised Calgarian, and and being so close with Calgary Tourism Board, is seeing the millions of dollars lost to Edmonton just in sheer concert revenue yeah. for Alex and the members of work nicer, right? You know, having that world-class city, yeah. you know, how, how did you go about piloting that event, the event center? Because I think that's something that's not talked about enough, positive or negative, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you look at every other major jurisdiction that has, you know, rethought how they take an event center and create a district around it, mm-hmm. right? Nashville, Edmonton, Columbus, Kansas City, you know, LA Live to an extent. Like there's there's lots of examples of things out there. And I know people will often say, well, Houston built something. And I was like, well, single point data is rarely important, right? Like Houston built a brand new facility in the middle of a parking lot. That's not what we're trying to do here, right? Like, and so you have to think about it in the sense of if, if we were able to move an event center into the community and be a, a single point in the community that everything else could focus around. Well, now you start to think about what is the entertainment cultural district we've we've always desired actually look like. What kinds of you know opportunities does that present for programming? So things to do after 5 p.m., which we all know our downtown is lacking in in a major major way. Mm-hmm. Now we've got you know 44 hockey games a year. We've got concerts. We've got programming. We've got a district. We can create that music mile. We can. There's so many things we can do. And on top of that, you can now give people a reason to want to live there too. And the livability of the downtown is the biggest piece we've always missed on. Big part of the piece of why businesses probably are not coming to Calgary right now is that is that integral piece of a, of a key event center, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then, you know, from my point, like I'd, I'd like to pass it off to Alex here, you know, from from the work nicer standpoint and the young entrepreneurs, you know, what, what do they want to see in terms of a plan, like from our next mayor? Yeah. Well, and, and we touched on it even just a little bit 
earlier. You know, rather, I know one of your pillars of your platform is to be a talent magnet, and I think that's great. We need to grow, right? You know, you need to expand a tax base versus increase a tax rate. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. But, you know, I do think, uh, I, I love that you say that, but right alongside of it, you say, what if we can just help everybody here have, you know, create one job? Mm -hmm. And so, <clears throat> you know, we have, um, 900 to a thousand members in the Wardnacer community and that's comprised of hundreds of different companies and I can only imagine what that would do for each of these each of these members and this is just our little business right mm -hmm. you know relatively speaking we're not a big company and so looking at all of these companies that add one person I can only imagine what it would do for them and what it would do for us as a company even and when we you know that makes me think about downtown vacancy right mm -hmm. we all of a sudden increase by 60 70 80 percent in size simply within our existing community you know we occupy uh, just under 100,000 square feet in alberta um only 12,000 of which is in edmonton right 80 right. to 90,000 square feet here in calgary pretty big footprint none of that's downtown anymore mm -hmm. right and so um i uh, to me it says well what like what actually can we do in the short term to enable people to create that one more job. How can I go yeah. to my members and say, here, you can do this. You can feel confident. You can feel comfortable. This is, what is it that we can do to create that job? Well, I don't know that there is any one single thing. I think there's a whole bunch of things we have to try, right? I think, you know, when it comes to chasing talent in the city, you know, every entrepreneur you're probably seeing take up space in, in your organization, they want to grow, right? They've got big ideas. They require... Uh, leverage, you know, they require talent. And, and so how do you grow those opportunities for folks? Um, you know, when we talk, and I've spent four years on Calgary Economic Development, when we talk to a lot of the big technology companies, let's say, who come here, you know, the, the, the first conversation, first of all, is never about taxes. It's not about real estate. It's not about, you know, lease prices. It's always about talent, yeah. right? I want to be, I'm going to come to your jurisdiction. I've got 500 employees. I need to be 2,500 in the next 24 months or 3,000 or 4,000, whatever the number is. The talent pipeline is important to them. And if you don't have the opportunity to help them scale up their business, yeah. they're not even interested in talking to you. One of the interesting things that we've learned in terms of some of these large companies coming here is that lateral moves really become important to people and place really becomes important to their staff. So mm -hmm. think about you know new opportunities where if you want people in the core, a lot of the folks coming in want to live on the 30th floor but work on the 10th. Right. Mm. They want to have that 15 minute commute in and around downtown, which means they want amenities. They want things to do. They want a grocery store. Sometimes it's, you know, we forget that it's the fundamentals of location that we we miss on. Those are the things they care about. But the opportunity is then in that lateral move. So when you think about the entrepreneur, the startup company here in Calgary, what are we lacking? Well, we lack a lot of technological expertise. We've got to bring that talent here. And so as we grow larger opportunities for, for operations to come here, we also grow that entrepreneurial pool. Right? Because people are willing to, to not just make a lateral move from you know, an Amazon to a Facebook. They mm -hmm. want to go from like you know, TD Bank to, hey, I'll go to a startup type of thing because the ecosystem is actually there to support it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about non-tech? Because I think we spend a lot of time talking about tech companies, and that's obviously mm -hmm. important. Yeah. But you know, we, if you were to walk around any Worknacer outpost, and you would see a shocking number of um, traditional, a.k.a. boring businesses. And boring businesses. I don't know that they'd love you calling yeah. them that, right? Like our landlord called us boring. Right? Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, though, like my business at a fundamental level is kind of boring. 
but we've taken a radically different approach mm -hmm. to what most people view as a real estate business, yeah. right? We don't own real estate. We're not a real estate company. We're in the hospitality industry, and that's why Ernie and I get along so well. We don't, we're not a restaurant, we're not a hotel, but we certainly are in hospitality, right? And so, um, yes, I, I think that the, the people in our community are, uh, are certainly not boring, but they are in these like- You see how boring. you're backing out of that now, yeah. right? But like, they're yeah, boring Do we get them a shovel at this point yeah. or do we, what do we do here? members are dropping yeah, do we just fast. Back, yeah, yeah. Just, no. watching, <laughs> just watching the, the, the tally go down right now, actually. No, but one of them that I love is it's this one company and uh, it's a flooring company, right? Yeah. And I'll say it, he's downstairs. I'm going to go meet with him right after this. I'm saying, you know what? You're in kind of a boring industry. You know that, right? But- uh, they're, they've been a growing team. They started with one little spot and now they're up to, I don't even know how many people. And so, um, what I do feel we like do you're going to go down there and people? say, you let people walk all over you. Yeah, no, but, but you're absolutely right. Fast. Look, I think, I think the key is reinventing what we know as, as sectors here in Calgary, right? Yeah. Like when you think about like energy, right? The opportunity is, is not in oil and gas or traditional oil and gas, right? Yeah. I mean, we will continue to grow production and we've seen production grow, you know, triple over the last couple of years. It's the job growth that's not, mm -hmm. right? The, the people are still losing jobs in that sector. If you think about food sustainability going forward, you know, in the next five years, food sustainability will become a major issue globally. You know, when we talk about vertical farming here, right? Like thinking about the blue economy, reinventing what we think of as agriculture here in Calgary is an opportunity, but it's also thinking about like goods and services, right? And goods movement and logistics and all of those things that, you know, you take companies like Atabotics, which are reinventing how we do warehouses mm -hmm. all the way to, we're becoming a major inland port now because we have the infrastructure to support it. Like you, you have to look at all of these things that you have as a jurisdiction and say, well, where are our benefits and how do we build those things out? Even though maybe we're doing that in, in a non-traditional, non-linear fashion. Man, I, I, I love it. I, I, yeah, I love that. I think that's important for more. And this is why we're doing these, this podcast is I think the stigma is that you're oil and gas. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, the stigma yeah. is. Well, you go right? to Toronto and that's yeah. exactly what people will say. You no, know? But the stigma is that you as a candidate. Oh, right? me? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I spent 20 years in energy, yeah, right? But yeah. I've, I've also spent 15 years in technology, 15 years in film, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of people don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that's why it's important rounding the corner here with, I think it's 38% of undecided voters and especially in that 21 to 32 year old bracket that... Yeah they've already stigmatized a lot of these candidates. You know, for me, it's like this, this caught me off guard a little bit too. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, mainly oil and gas, but uh, it's a completely different way of thinking about approaching how to, how to grow the city. Yeah. Um, here's a big one for you. Osif, mm -hmm. can you explain mm -hmm. it to, in layman's terms sure. for everybody out there, because it's a hot topic for a lot and it's in for a lot of the younger, you know, um, demographic, they're still unsure of what OSIF is and what it does. Mm. So the Opportunity Calgary Investment Fund, I would say, got set up about four years ago. And it was set up to be a tool that differentiates our jurisdiction from other jurisdictions, a tool that helps attract investment here, attract opportunities, right? And a lot of the criticism came that, well, why aren't we supporting some of the opportunities here, right? And and we have other tools in our toolbox to support the growth of, of businesses here in Calgary. And I think, you know, talking about taxes, that that's one of those ways, right? But originally it was, how do you compete differently? How do you compete faster and better to attract business here? In a world where we were already starting to see, uh, you know, vacancy come up 
in the downtown core. We were seeing the number of head offices here decline. The city was pretty thoughtful in terms of saying, how do we, how do we turn this around? Right? And we looked at other jurisdictions like Kitchener-Waterloo, Austin, mm-hmm. uh, other places around the world that have said, look, if we're going to differentiate ourselves from being just your average mid-sized North American city, what do we need to create? And at the time, we had a bunch of business leaders here in Calgary, very, you know, very well-known, very smart people that got together and said, look, the city's capital rich. This is the elder the, days, I think it was the elder Oh, no, days. no, this was only no, four, years, like four ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 this, was, this wasn't that long ago, right? This is, this is a relatively new tool. Right. And they got together and said, look, you, you've got billions sitting in the bank. Take $100 million and use it as an attraction tool, right? And so we, we've spent about $44 million attracting hundreds of businesses here. We've created thousands of jobs. Um, you know, I think the, on average right now, the fund has a 15 to 1 rate of return on it. But there's more we can do, right? We've got to make that money go further in a post-COVID world. Nobody thought about COVID when this fund was was set up. Now we've got to think about how do we continue to accelerate something like this and think about it. Is this something more we could be pushing with the province to create an innovation corridor? You know, think about Edmonton and Calgary working on innovation solutions together, right? We, we got to remember that although we feel like we're a big city in the grand scheme of things, we're not that big of a city, mm-hmm. right? So thinking about can we leverage an opportunity of Calgary and Edmonton, all of our post-secondaries, all of the private sector that is already investing in technology in and around the province, now couple that with the all the orders of government coming together and a defining tool that helps attract people to this jurisdiction, okay, well, that's something that's, you know, frankly, pretty sexy to a lot of big businesses out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that needs to be explained in a little bit easier terms is is what this OSEF fund does. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's not easy to explain, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the challenge with things like OSEF is that, you know, we often say if it takes an explanation, it's, you know, you, politicians don't want to say yes to it because yeah. then they have to go out and stick up for it. You know, I've been on this fund for four years <coughs> and I've taken a lot of heat for being on it. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's a defining tool that is, you know, like I say, it's a 15 to 1 rate of return. You know, most people look at their portfolios and would kill to have a 15 to 1 yeah. rate of return, mm-hmm. right? I think there, there would just need to be more transparency mm-hmm. as, you know, for the public as to what the fund has actually brought back. If it's, yeah. if it's 15 to 1, it, it, is it... 14 tech companies that you approached and you, you lost them and you only brought in one tech company. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, when I, when I talk to the film industry, um, there's a lot of Calgary filmmakers that are hot about that fund. Like mm-hmm. you've got, well, remember filmmakers the, remember that, are, that fund cannot be used for film, right? Yeah. So the previous council to when I sat very, very definitively said, this cannot be used for the creation of a film's incentive program. Right. Right. So, you know, when filmmaker, because look, I spent 15 years in film, like yeah. I've done some major Hollywood films. Like I get it. Yeah. I understand why local producers are, are frankly pissed off that they can't get it. Yeah. They don't qualify for it, period. Right. right? It's mm-hmm. not, it's not a film sector tool. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so important to go back and work with the province. And we, in, in, in this election, people talk a lot about collaboration, mm-hmm. right? I'll give you a good piece of collaboration that defines me differently than the other candidates. You know, at a time when people are, you know, rather than picking up the phone, they're picking fights on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I actually worked with the province to get that incentive back because, you know, about now 25, 26 months ago, the city of Calgary took back the, the, the film center here from the province and we took back the operations on it. And effectively it was a failing warehouse, right? Like mm-hmm. we were seeing very little production come into the jurisdiction. And at the time I convinced council, this is a good opportunity for us because I'd rather not sell a failing, you know, warehouse. I'd rather stand up an industry. To do it, though, we knew we needed the partnership with the province, right? We don't have to love everything the province is doing, but you have to recognize there's a lot of things you need them for, 
right? And so building a partnership to say, this isn't about funding the arts, this is about economic development, and let's go see what we can do. What it did was, it gave us a tool that, again, defines us as a different jurisdiction to want to do business in. And when you couple that with extremely competent crews, when you couple that with scenery, and now a facility that can support film production, you have a recipe for what is now a half a billion dollar industry here, right? Mm -hmm. And it was stood up in months, right? Well, let's talk about some of the productions. Like, like you can, the, the numbers are great, but mm -hmm. for people who care about film mm -hmm. and whether they care about film from an economic development perspective or they care about it from, because they care about film, mm -hmm. right? So like, do you know, like, what are some of the productions that have come through since you've helped make that happen? Well, and it's interesting because it's, you know, it's, for as funny as we, we think about film, you got to remember like 85% of the jobs that come in are actually local jobs and they're trades jobs, right? Totally. It's building the sets. It's the electricians that are needed. It's all Black those things. Summer. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, through COVID, we actually, you know, we managed to get a lot of protocols and procedures in place that kept the film center open. Mm -hmm. We shot Yellowstone season four up here, right? Like mm -hmm. that was cool. But I knew to get, uh, you know, to really get the attention on Calgary again, you needed something big. And uh, a good buddy of mine is now executive vice president at HBO, uh, Calgary guy, right? Like guy I grew up with, you know, mm. it's, it's amazing how many Calgarians are out there doing big things around the world, right? I said, we need something big. And that's how we got Last of Us, right? Luke Azevedo, the, the film commissioner, worked his butt off trying to get this and it was successful. And it has done a 180 for Calgary's film industry, right? There is people will have work in this city for the next five, seven years because of that. And it's not just the film industry, it's the residual spending that's coming out of it. I mean, I take Black Summer as a, as a great example, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, uh, first budget, I think uh, Jason Wanlin was in that 8 million mark. And mm -hmm. then second budget came in at 22 million with 2.5 spent in Calgary, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, whether it's hotels, catering, uh, restaurants, yeah. and then of course the crews. Well, and that's but, all the benefit, right? I yeah. mean, you think about Last of Us is one of the largest series productions of all time. And we've locked now, what we th I think three seasons here, right? On top of that, we now have, I think it's 18 major projects coming in in the next 24 months. And yeah. see, this is this is why this is so important. I'll get pass back to you, Alex, is, is, you know, the stigma of these candidates, right? I, I don't, you know, for what the majority of that younger demo when they talk to me about Jeff Davison, it's oh oil, gas, same, same, same. They have no idea about the film. They have no idea about about, you know, the uh the other pivots that you want to make yeah. the move to and that that you're not really all focused in and all in on oil and gas. I did a great uh, video that sums up Jeff I in saw, four minutes, yeah, right? That, it, yeah. We called it the meet Jeff video because yeah. I, I kind of feel that way, right? Like, yeah. you know, you get sort of labeled when you're in politics as being this or that, or, you know, you don't care about social this, issues because you're too focused on the economy. It's all of those things you have to care about. And I think to me, I'm that candidate sitting in the middle of two extremes, right? I'm not the extreme left. I'm not the extreme right. I sit in the middle. I care about our economy. I care about putting people to work. But I also care about making sure we pick up the garbage on time and that my kids can go to a great rec facility in our city. Yeah. See, <clears throat> I love that. I think that we live in such a world of polarization and extremism that rarely is that a good thing. And so yeah. I think a centered approach makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Um, on the topic of Last of Us, though, like, let's understand how big of a win that is. Mm -hmm. right? like, I think the budget of Last of Us is, they said, is going to exceed that of Game of Thrones. It's the largest production in series history. Right? Yep. Like, it is a big, big, big deal, yep. right? It's, and it's all being shot here. That's yep. the, And that's the thing, right? Like, Alberta had a major win with this project. Yeah. So, yep. kudos. 
I feel um, like though, like after being in in the election cycle, that I could probably audition for one of the. the... <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll you're doing okay. Yeah, I was saying, eighteen right. months ago, I had like no gray, and I don't know what I'm doing with this beard right now, but I'm just letting it happen. Looks good. So. I keep it. Oh, you know, that's keep very it. kind Great. of yeah. you. You're looking you're looking a little patchy or anything, but <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, you're, you're yeah, good. I'm yeah. about to do yeah. the uh, patented from looking young to 150 years old overnight. Um, <laughs> one thing I do want to mention though about this election is I think really important. I think a lot of people are getting maybe they're a little just tired right mm-hmm. there's so much uh, so much going on we uh-huh. just went through another election and so on and so forth yeah, yeah. Um, really important like there's and maybe that's part of the reason so many people are undecided obviously it's been a while since there hasn't been an incumbent mayor mm-hmm. and um, interesting fact is that no incumbent has ever lost a Calgary election since Klein ran Right, and so it's like historically, statistically, um, this whoever, next mayor is here for what ten years? Ten years. This next yeah. mayor is here for yeah. ten years, right? Yeah. And so I think it's uh, it is important where a lot of people are looking uh, kind of short sighted. Some people are just thinking, oh, this is you know long term issue, but mm-hmm. it it's it's going to matter. And so yeah. I think I really want people to understand that because um, don't just go and throw in throw in the vote and it can be hard because there is so much white noise with 27 candidates or yeah. whatever it is yeah. you know and that's kind of why we're talking to incumbents, yeah. you know uh, five or six of the top polling um, candidates so at the moment and I'm sure you guys have your own polling data and whatever else but mm-hmm. I think there was a poll that came out today amongst decided voters and you are you're running third at the moment mm-hmm. from what it looks like do you think that that gap can close with like like what do you what's the message that you need to get to those people and maybe in another way what's the yeah. what's the question that you've been hoping someone would ask you that has gone unanswered <laughs> if it's in, in one glass way. of beer right? yeah what yeah the, we what, might need what, some more beer what, for that yeah, yeah. what comes yeah. out here yeah. Yeah. yeah well look i you know i'm not i'm not threatened by the polls i mean most of the polls yeah. are are mm-hmm. bought and paid for by the candidates that want the results to make this look like it's a two-horse race right i really believe that what we hear at the doors is true Calgarians are tired of the pendulum swinging. They want somebody in the middle. And I love the Calgary Sun article that came out today. That mm-hmm. Like, um, they're telling everyone to ignore the polls that this is a yeah. very, very close race. Yeah. Very tight. Well, and, and just think about, you know, a third of Calgary is non-white, right? Mm-hmm. Those people aren't participating in polls, mm-hmm. right? Like when you go up mm-hmm. and you door knock in the Northeast, they no one has ever mm-hmm. contacted them on a poll, mm-hmm. right? So I, I don't believe the polls one bit. I don't believe the polls in this city have been right for decades, mm-hmm. right? And you go back to Klein, third place. Mm-hmm. Ron Kanye, Fourth. third place, yeah. right? Nenshi, third place. Do I think I can close this? Absolutely. Yeah. I think when this is all going to matter comes down to the weekend before the election. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I mean, look, 20 plus months through COVID have been tough, tough, tough on people, right? There's nothing but bickering going on. There's nothing but confusion going on. You know, our health matters and people are, people are scared. We went through a federal election that ultimately changed nothing. Nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Yeah. People, people are, I think they're so worried that change can't happen. They're so worried that there's no hope left. And I just choose to believe that, you know, Calgarians are much more alike than they are different. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we're an entrepreneurial city, right? We're, everyone came here. Everyone chose Calgary to live here because of the opportunity. And we're going to have to fight to get that back. Mm-hmm. But the best thing about Calgary is people, right? Yeah. And yeah. when you talk about people, I think, I think this is what's really important for that 
18 to 32 year old bracket you mm-hmm. know for myself as a as a high level volleyball coach for so long in the sporting industry mm-hmm. how are you gonna how, what's your plan to change the culture of of the council you know for the buy-in i think mm-hmm. for myself as a, as an entrepreneur nothing frustrates me more than when a motion goes through and there are counselors that lost the vote and it's instantly to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't happen at my high school volleyball team. It doesn't happen when I coach Team Alberta. Mm-hmm. There's a buy-in process. You know, I, I feel that there's a lot of banging heads personality-wise on this council that has caused a lot of setbacks for the city. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, hey, you know what? Jeff's constituents voted uh, voted against this motion. Yeah, it is me versus Jeff. How, yeah. how do you plan to change that culture? Well, look, I think there's a couple things there. I think number one, you know, we talk about young people a lot, and you can't just expect young people to go out and vote. You have to give them a reason to vote, mm-hmm. right? And I think we've tried to be really thoughtful about engaging young people in this because my fight is is their fight. I want to work to keep them here. There's lots of people seeing their grandchildren and children leave. I'm worried about my three kids, right? Mm -hmm. I want my kids to have opportunity here, right? Calgary's been a great place for me to grow up. I'm born and raised in the ward I represent now. You know, I want those opportunities for my kids too. Um, The the challenge on on council though is that, you know, division sells in the media, right? It's, you know, for those of us Mm -hmm. that have had our heads down and getting work done and making files happen and and seeing things through to success, you know, that has kind of been to my detriment, right? Like the worst thing about campaigning for being the mayor is that eventually you have to become a politician, right? You have mm-hmm. to put pens down on the work you're doing and actually play politics. Mm-hmm. And I hate that part. That, that's, that's the part that I'm actually not good at. I, I don't want to be a politician, right? I consider myself an elected official who gets work done. Yeah. I don't chase the tomorrow's headline in the Rick Bell article, right? I'm focused on what matters to Calgarians and let's get it done. We talk a big game, now we got to work to get it done. And I think that the people that have spun division on city council they're just there to be needlessly antagonistic look at their track record have they ever actually accomplished anything like no offense i've accomplished like the most contentious thing in calgary which was the new event center which is the rink right 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 but but my opponent was successfully able to get 14 french stop signs in in rueville yeah like Hmm. contrast and compare yeah right there's, yeah. there's those of us that are creating jobs, that are creating opportunities, that are fighting to keep businesses here. And those and our youth. Th- there's yeah. those that just want to be needlessly antagonistic, right? Yeah. We're running tight through closing from you and young entrepreneurs out there. Well, I can I can do a little wrap-up, Jeff. Is there anything else that you, you want to say to, particularly business owners in the hospitality industry, hmm. uh, entrepreneurs, small businesses that are in our community that we are can you? hit the closest? You know, there's there's probably a million things I want to say, sure. right? At the end of the day, I think track record matters. And in a world where we're going to see the biggest turnover in council history, you know, doing the things you said you're going to do, it, it matters, right? I have stood for small business. I have stood to support industry through a pandemic that has caused all kinds of craziness to happen. You know, I, I have proven that we can remove red tape and not just talk about it at election time. I've spent four years trying to do it, right? It's it's enabling people's success is what the city's there for, right? That That's our number one goal, to make Calgary the place again to do business in Western Canada. And I'm 100% committed to getting us there before we even think about global aspirations again, right? we got to start at home. And to all the young people, I would say, you know, stick with us through this plan, right? Like if you go online, compare, do your homework. We have a pretty robust plan to not just keep young people here, 
grow opportunities for them, grow businesses here, attract new opportunities, right? Like we are, we're in the fight of our lives here in Calgary, but I do believe the comeback of our lifetime starts now and we're well prepared to hit the ground running day one. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I'd love you to finish off with this and stuff about pumping your tires. It's just about the plain simplicity of it all that, I mean, you have been known as a counselor to get, to get shit done, Mm -hmm. right? You know, what, what are the projects? I mean, we talked about the event center, I know you were um, on the BAC, the Business mm-hmm. Advisory Committee, that um, I was able to work closely with uh, throughout the pandemic, and which was helpful for our industry. What what, what other projects are out there? You know, it's it, it's providing the security and certainty to move projects forward. Green line, we've got to get done, right? We're committed mm-hmm. to getting shovels in the ground this fall. The event center, the Arts Commons transformation. We're already doing BMO, thinking about that that uh, field house that we we flacked on for. <laughs> ever you know thinking about new rec opportunities and how do we expand recreational facilities across calgary these are all things we have a capital plan and we're committed to doing right we've just got to see them through and so you need somebody who can say yes to projects you need somebody who can think it's not this or that it's this and that because that's how you're going to build a great city and i believe i'm just somebody who doesn't think about the short term i think about the long-term benefits and then build the path to getting there and i think that's why we've been successful in in a lot of the things i've brought to the table where are you going to get the money for your plan the money is already there <laughs> okay honestly like w- the money's already been committed now it's okay. seeing through it's that security and certainty piece right because you know again th- there are people running in this election that would cancel the event center day one right mm-hmm. that means canceling three billion dollars worth of private sector development there are people running in this election that would cancel the green line. That's significant loss of opportunity to build density and, and rail together, right? Like every investor wants those two things, right? Show me that you understand risk adjusted return. Show me that you can be secure and certain. That's all I need to invest in your jurisdiction. All of all of the recipe is all there. You've just got to mix it now and get it going. Z and excuse me, I love that mentality that the money is already there because that that's spoken like a business person, right? It's like what what I need to do more with the same thing that I already have, mm-hmm. right? You don't just default to cutting or you don't just default to taxing. Yeah. It's like what can we do with what's there? So I love that and 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 your track record speaks to that, and I think to wrap up really is that if there's any anybody that is listening to this is also like don't i'm with you don't believe that it's a two-horse race um also be smart and that when we say that it's close in the polls not all 27 people are close yeah there is a there is (laughs) there is a top group that is running here but it's not a two-horse race yeah i think the the largest issue for for me and my industry is that it's well we better vote this way because it's now down to the lesser of two evils which is mm-hmm. complete misconception yeah um, well two wrongs you know, don't make a right no mm-hmm. so no. And, and, you know. and you know I, I what I've told a lot of the 19 to 26 year olds that come to me literally on a daily basis I'm like do your research mm-hmm. and vote for what you feel is going to be a better city for you by the time you're 30 years old yeah focus on that don't focus on anything else. Don't focus on on polls or focus on what you feel is going to make you a better person or a better entrepreneur or a better citizen. Who aligns with your values? Who has a plan, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Go compare and contrast. And I, I promise you, our platform will outshine every other person in this race. Yeah, and I think that's where that the messaging just needs to be 
a little bit more cleaned up for everybody, right? Because it's yep. it has become, as Alex said, it's become white noise. We've just gone through federal election, um, and right now people are confused. They just yep. don't know which way to turn. Yeah. So it's great that thank you, thank you so much. Well, thank like, you guys. I mean, we're, what, what are we six days out? Six six days out from. I'm counting them in half days now, so like five and a half. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. It's six, half. I think you guys are like yeah. on your six 19-hour days, and you know, yeah, like yeah. it's a 19-hour yeah. day for you guys running from from uh, event to event. I know I've got to get to a Ward Eight, a Ward Eight town uh, hall, town hall tonight. Yeah. yeah so which well, is, and and look, you know, I would say you got to be thankful to anybody who steps up and put their name in, right? I mean, oh. it's it's not mm-hmm. easy to run at the local level, right? You know, at the provincial and yeah. federal levels, you got parties, you got lots of people helping you out. It's hard doing this, right? And so I, I certainly respect anybody who has put their name forward. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and again, thank you, Jeff. I mean, it's this is this has been awesome that you made it out. Uh, the podcast is called "A Work in Progress," which is perfect coming around the corner of this municipal election. And uh, again, we thank you again, Jeff, and good luck. Thank you, thank you, guys. Yeah, Jeff. So way for people to get in touch with you. Just go to jeffdavisonyyc.com. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Jeff.